Hello, everyone, and welcome to my show. I am Misha, and you are listening to The Misha Rouser Show. Again, this show is all about leadership and professional development, everything you need to know to be more competent in your professional life. So we'll be covering everything from conflict resolution, communication, dealing with those difficult employees or those difficult co-workers and so forth. And remember, too, if you have any questions, use me as a resource. So you're always welcome to go to my website and send me questions there. I will try to get back to you as soon as I can. And your question may even go on one of my shows. So, again, that website is MishaRouser.com. That's M-E-I-S-H-A and Rouser, R-O-U-S-E-R. And so also on the on the website, those are um, – I have some resources out there. If you're wanting to get any resources that I have mentioned on the show, you can download past recordings of the show. You can even subscribe to the podcast and um, actually receive the show right in your inbox in iTunes every week if you would like. And by the way, too, if any of you are listening to the show via a podcast – it would be really wonderful if you could leave um, leave a review and also leave, if you can, maybe one or two sentences. Um, as you know, that by doing that, it really raises the podcast's awareness to other people so that maybe other people can discover it as well. Okay, so today's show, I am really excited. I have back with me Doug Nathan, and Doug is a conflict engagement specialist. He works with King County Office of Alternative Dispute Resolution. He does um, everything from mediation, conflict resolution, and training. And Doug has a Master's of Arts in Whole Systems Design and a variety of certifications, including a certifi- he's a certified mediator, influencer, and learning architect trainer. Now, for many years, Doug had, has been exploring the, poet- uh, the power of poetry to teach leadership and team-building skills. And over time, what has happened is that's become using narrative or storytelling to also help leaders learn more about who they are. Um, Doug also hosts an um, event here in Seattle called Expanding the Narrative, and that is um, a collaborative effort. I'll probably let Doug expand a little bit more on that in just a moment. But the purpose of that, of the event, is to expand the narrative story, especially around government and public service, and the value and impact that those that government has. Basically what he's been trying to do is slowly change the story we in the public have around government, which can sometimes tend to be negative. Um, so anyway, so Doug, thank you and welcome back again. Thank you for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. It's really great to be back. Thanks for, for having me. Yeah. And so I hope, so t- um, do you want to say more about expanding the narrative and how that came about and, you know, or anything else on that one? Yeah. Well, you know, so it's hosted uh, through my Office of Alternative Dispute Resolution, also with the Office of uh, Equity and Social Justice uh, out of King County and uh, Pinchot University. And you'll notice already there's a nice partnership happening uh, between government and uh, uh, partners of government who, who, who actually care about getting the word out there about the good work that's happening. And, and what we also realize is we, uh, an important way to do that, a really impactful way, is through Stories and it's it's a way that helps people in a very clear way see the impact. Uh, so, up on the site uh, expanding the narrative expanding the narrative dot com, we've been collecting stories by government workers, by uh, some artists who partner with government about how they do what they do and why, and then the impact, the social impact it has. Uh, so, I really want to recommend to your readers if they want to understand how you tell stories that make a difference, that help 
people begin to see something they thought they understood, like government, and to see it with fresh eyes. Uh, they're, they're great examples. What they'll experience is those stories. Each one is a personal story, so it has a unique voice that is really helping you understand uh, a different part of the world around you, from mm. uh, how homeless in uh, uh, a, a neighborhood park end up becoming curators of the public artwork that surrounds them, uh, trees that now have sweaters on them. It's an awesome visual <laughs> event, too, uh, up there on the, uh, on the site. Um, as well as people who work in roads who got really concerned about uh, a girl who was top in her class but uh, it looked like she was going to be spending the summer not really putting her talents to work. They were able to create an internship for her and give her experience as an, as an engineer to see how engineers and roads do their work and get her inspired to want to follow that as her her uh, academic studies. So really awesome work that's happening. I really encourage people to go check it out. You know, and and so for some of you who are listening, you might see that this has been an ongoing theme since I have been doing this show. It is a lot about story. And I'm hoping that by listening to you're starting to really appreciate, if you haven't already, the power of story or the narrative. Um, Because, again, the, the big emphasis on that is, Again, this is just we're human beings and how we make meaning, how we see the world, what our reality is, is created through story. And so when we are thinking about then our role in whatever job you do or, you know, or wherever you are in life, either as a parent or, you know, as a colleague and friend and a a manager or whatever, we are interacting constantly with each other's stories. And then, so when we're talking about, you know, one of the big things that we're always talking about here in this show is communication, conflict resolution, about change management. If you'll notice, it's usually we got to start with, well, what's the story? What are we dealing with here? What we got to know, what is, what's the story holding it in place? And then how do we manipulate that? And so one of the reasons, one of the um, things of why I was wanting to especially bring Doug back on, because then um, you were sharing with me a tool that you use that I thought <laughs> it was so funny too when he was explaining this to me that the academia inside of me was saying, Oh my God, have you copyrighted this? Have you, <laughs> you know, do you have the proprietary rights? This is a brilliant, it's a great tool that um, I was thinking, Oh my gosh, my listeners would love to hear this. And so it was the voice tool that you were, uh, for yeah, lack of a better okay. word, I think that's what you <clears throat> called it, the voice model. Yeah. So tell me, let's, let, let's just start really quickly, high level, what is the voice model? And then we'll play sure. with it from there. Um, well, let me first tell you where it came from. So Perfect. I learned it probably 25 years ago uh, when I took a writing class from a poet in Los Angeles called Jack Grapes. It was kind of the foundation of how he taught. People would come to class, they'd bring their work, their poems. Uh, they wouldn't bring copies. We would listen to their to them sharing their pieces Uh And we would talk about them. And then after everybody shared their pieces that they had brought, we would actually write. And and the foundation of the writing really was around this voice model that that Jack had worked with for a while. Now, I don't even know if Jack developed this or if he he cobbled it together himself, if he got it from someone. I don't know. I will say when I started teaching um, about 25 years ago, I had an invitation uh, from the YMCA Earth Service Corps to – uh, work with a group of teenagers. I had never done anything like that before. And I thought, that well, I'd scary. love to do it. It was. <laughs> and, and so I called Jack. I said, Jack, what should I do? He said, oh, well, use the voice model 
And then he went and he told me how I should set it up. I said, well, Jack, that's your model. He said, you know what? Use it. It will become your model. And, you know, over the years, it has been kind of the foundation for the work I've done uh, helping leadership, uh, helping to teach leadership as well as team building because it's a model that helps people connect with the full range of their voice, explore it, understand what's really important to them, and then how they can express that. And so here's, here's the model in a, in a thumbnail. Uh, think about, uh, you know, when, when, you, when someone plays trombone, they move that slide in and out, uh, and they hit different notes. Voice is similar, except the slide goes up and down. And up by your head, you've got more analytic notes. And then as you move down, say it around your, your mouth, you have more plain spoken or, or uh, uh, well, plain, we'll call them plain spoken notes. And then as you go down, you've got more deep voice notes. Those analytic notes at the top are all about logic and reason, ideas, philosophy. When you get down to plain spoken, that's really describing the surface of things. It's who's in the room, what they say. Uh, how, what's the texture of the counter? Is it smooth? Is it rough? Those kind of visual details and auditory details. And then as you go down uh, the voice uh, slide, you get to deep voice, which is, which is about emotion. It's, it's the language of values, of your needs, your concerns. And what I have found to be true is most of us living our day-to-day lives, going to work, we tend to play a very narrow range of that voice. It tends to be more up in the analytic register. And a lot of the work we do in helping people discover who they are as leaders or how they can be more engaged at work is helping them expand the range of their voice to play more notes from from that full range. So a way we we do that is um, if you think about uh, how you were taught writing in school, uh, you learned about uh, the five-paragraph essay, right, which is all about developing a logical sequence through that essay. And you learned about transition lines, which connect their logical linkages between ideas. If you want to expand and, and explore the full range of your voice, a way to move your voice is to look for what I call transition or transformation lines. Transformation lines are connections between emotional states, and, and what I'll often do is bring people through a writing experience where as they're writing, they'll be um, exploring a room. Say, usually they start up in the analytical space. And uh, as they're writing, I'll be calling out things, trying to inter- interrupt them to kind of get them out of their normal habit of thinking and, and processing information while they're writing. And if they're lucky, they'll, they'll find what I call a transformation line. Uh, it's kind of like a trap door that drops them down a, another level. And now they've got a whole new room that they can explore. And as they're exploring it, if they get lucky, they'll find another transformation line and boom, they drop down again. Now they've got a new room. They may be exploring the same issue, but it's from this deeper perspective now. Or maybe they've uncovered a whole new issue that they're, they're exploring. And as they explore that room, they may get lucky and find another transformation line and boom, they go down. They may also have the experience of up top in that analytic part they find a a transformation line and they drop way down and they touch something that's a little scary and they pop right back up. Those moments are really amazing, especially when you are listening back to that story. Uh, And what I call after people go through an experience like this, this writing residue that they end up with, I call it a, a blob. 
You know, it's not a poem. <laughs> it's not a journal entry. It's something they've written in 10 or 15 minutes. But when people listen and they hear the voice drop from analytic down to deep voice and then go back up again, oh, it catches their attention because they realize there is something at stake now for the person who's reading. They don't even need to know what it is. And that person who dropped down quickly, touched it and went back up, they may not even know what it is because they didn't spend the time exploring it. But you know, because of how the voice shifted, there's something there. Those are the kind of moments that keep a listener engaged, that make you want to hear more about what that person has to right. share. Yeah. And, and that's really the essence of powerful storytelling, when you can help somebody use the full range of their voice. And, and, and think about the writers and storytellers who you love to listen to. They tend to play the full range from analytic down to deep voice, and they even get really good at playing notes simultaneously. So you can talk about ideas, but from this very deep place. And it sounds authentic to that person. Okay. So now I'm trying to, there's so many visuals going on in my head. Um, So I want to clarify. Sure. And are we two things? So, and I have a feeling the answer is yes and, you know, so both (laughs) and. Okay. Because you're, you're explaining different notes, you know, as we go high, you know, higher notes are usually more analytical, deeper notes are usually down, um, more like within our body, if you have a visual there too, and more emotion, you know, tend to be yeah. more emotional. So, f- really, are you just so are you saying, yeah, that really the voice raises when we're analytical and the voice really goes low when we tend well, to well, be? Well, you're talking tone now, which is different. Okay. I'm talking more about the content of the language. Uh, when we're with analytical notes, the content is more logic. Okay. Right? Um, I, I think of language as, as being comprised of both logical content and emotional content. And when you're up in your head in that analytic space, say you're 100% logical, although I don't think we're ever really that, but we'll, we'll call it 100% logical, 0% emotion. And then you go down to the deepest of deep voice, you're at the opposite of that, zero uh, logic and 100% emotion. emotional. And then you've got the whole range in between where the proportions are shifting. So I think if you think about language in that way, that it's a combination of logic and emotion, it gives you access to your voice in a very different way. Because you know, if you want to build connection with your audience through story, you've got to bring your emotions into it. And you got to use them in a way that's um, controlled, yet a little wild too. And and wild's probably the wrong word, but but, uh, authentic, vulnerable. Right. Real. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a pause real quick. So I, and then what I want to do when we come back is now then dive more into this tool. How are you using it? You know, I want to, you know, how can listeners take this and, and use it and apply it? So again, you are listening to the Misha Rouser Show. We are on KKNW Seattle's 1150, and we will be right back after this break. Dynamic careers in organizations require dynamic thinking. Success is measured in terms of positive, productive, meaningful workplaces. Misha Rouser, master coach, organizational psychologist, and successful entrepreneur, has helped thousands become more confident in their leadership and professional abilities. Misha's years of research and private practice have given her the tools to help you or your organization improve performance. 
Log on now to learn more about coaching, consulting, or training with Misha Rouser at MishaRouser.com. That's M-E-I-S-H-A-R-O-U-S-E-R.com. Hello, my name is Marie Manucheri. I'm an energy intuitive author and host of Where Energy and Medicine Meet. During the show, I answer callers' questions, intuitively, of course, and provide invaluable guidance. I also interview others who I believe are on the leading edge of thought. Tune in on Thursday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on 1150 a.m. in Seattle or live wherever you are at energyintuitive.com. So effective leadership isn't something that just happens. It takes time and effort. Misha Rouser, master coach, organizational psychologist, and successful entrepreneur has developed a concentrated series of courses to help you become your best as a leader and professional. Explore your leadership style, become a communications master, and learn to plan strategically in order to make better decisions. You'll learn emotional intelligence, team building, change management, and other skills for personal success, such as conflict resolution. There's a great leader inside you to be unlocked. Make the commitment to become a well-rounded, intelligent leader. Show the world around you that you are ready to lead. Log on to MishaRouser.com. That's MishaRouser.com to learn more. It's the Leadership Development Series. Your first step toward professional excellence begins at MishaRouser.com. Self-help, healing, spirituality, and more on Alternative Talk, 1150. Hello, everybody. This is Misha, and welcome to my show, and thank you so much for listening. Again, this show is all about leadership and professional development, and we are talking today with Doug Nathan, and what we were talking about is his tool that he uses to kind of help expand a little bit about the story, to really get to the heart of a person's story or narrative. Um, And I was actually trying to even... he started to describe the tool of the voice tool. And I have a lot of questions in. I'm like, okay, now that I understand this tool, how can I use it? And one of the things that, Doug, you were saying, though, so it's understanding, you know, the, the, the different ranges there. And when I'm, and it was so funny because I was telling Doug, it's like, okay, I want to learn now. How do I get other people to use this tool so that I can get them to get to the point, you know, to get to tell me really the heart of what's going on. And Doug kind of had to slow me down a little bit and say, well, you really got to know how to do do this yourself on yourself first. And so say a little bit more about that. Yeah. You know, a way to, to think about it. So I, in the last couple of years, I've started using this voice process to help mediators learn how to explore others' stories. And what the tool helps them do is to build empathy. And the way it does that is it helps them begin to uh, explore and understand some aspects of themselves at a deeper level uh, that inform them about kind of what it's like to to be down in that deep voice um, and learn what you can learn about yourself and the power of that. And, and often what you're, what you're uh, encountering at that deeper level are these stories of identity, 
you know, how you see yourself as competent or capable or cared about. Um, and in the workplace, those are really important issues. They're often the kind of issues that lead people into conflict. Yeah. When they answer those questions of I'm not seen as capable or competent by you or you don't care about me. That's often at the core of why people are, are having hard time. And and for a, a mediator to spend some time there and kind of uncover some of the questions they have about themselves and and be in that space and realize the vulnerability that it takes to do that deeper learning and understanding, uh, it helps them build self-awareness, which is the first step of build uh, of the ability to then gain awareness of others, which is what empathy is all about. Um, if they can do that self-work, do this voice exploration, learn about that space, how to, how to hold it in themselves first, then they can begin to hold it for other people yeah. and help them feel safe getting to that place of vulnerability. And, you know, when I say that word, I think of if, 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 if you're not quite sure what this means, go check out the word of the work of Brene Brown, who's done a really masterful job of describing the power of vulnerability in, in a TED Talk by the same title. And what she'll say is vulnerability is really the key to building connection with yourself, self-awareness, and with other people. Um, and, and I think that's also the key to great storytelling and story work that we can do with each other. Yeah. And, you know, you're making me think about, too, this is very similar to when I was going through my coaching training with the Coaches Training Institute. And they go, and, and by the way, this may be another resource for all of you listeners. They have a great book called Co- Coactive Coaching. Mm. One of the tools that they use then, and again, remember, you don't have to be just a mediator or, or a, a coach and so forth. These are skills that you can be learning just to improve your own interpersonal skills. Absolutely. With coworkers, colleagues, and whatever. And so with, with um, Coactive Coaching, they call it process. And so it's the same idea of, and what you were saying too, that if we are not willing ourselves to go down into that deeper voice or to really connect with those emotions, we're not going to be able to do that for the other person as well. Yeah. So it really is something that we do need to work with ourselves. And, and, and to be quite honest, it's usually the ickiest part of the coaching training is, at least for me, it was going into that process part of that deep voice because it can get kind of mucky down there. Yeah. That's one. It, it can also be really uh, exciting, true, and illuminating, and the place where real change can begin because yeah. of the deeper insights. You, I think you can you can have by being in that space. And again, it could be something as simple if I'm if I'm hearing you right too. Is um, you know, if you're upset because a friend of yours stood you up for lunch, and now you're upset, you're angry, blah blah blah. Well, if you can even get into the practice of going into that deeper voice of hearing, well, what I really am is disappointed because I was really wanting to meet with my friend. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be this icky thing. It could be very enlightening. Oh, okay, now I have a whole new attitude about this emotion that's coming up because I was stood up. That's a great example. Okay, so now then, okay, so I've been, you know, we're working on our own and we have somebody now that we're either in conflict with or we're, you know, button heads with or that we're just trying to communicate better with or we have an employee coming to us spun up about something, how, what are, so how else could we use this tool that ha- on them, you know, to help them get to that deeper nugget of what's really going on? Uh, hold the space. 
hold the space uh, that would allow them to feel safe. Um, I think also going in with the expectation that you're not going to fix them. Yeah. What you can do is create the space that will help them do the exploration, the learning, that will help them get some insight potentially that will help them move forward. But it's not about me going in to tell you what you need to know uh, or to even expect that in this session, in this conversation, you're going to get there. Um, When I work with people, I really hold the expectation that I'm going to create this space for you to show up, for you to do the work if you want to do it. Um, And if you do, I'm there with you uh, kind of guiding, but it's really going to be following where you're leading. You know, and that was great because you made me think about a little bit of an aha on that, especially with using your model, is that sometimes what's so hard is to know where, when you say you got to be, you know, meet them where they're at and go where they want to go. Um, because sometimes maybe they do just want to analyze, you know, they just want to stay in that higher head place. And so we're just helping them, you know, talk through it. But if I'm starting to pick up with them that they have a lot of emotions, maybe that they keep drop, like you say, drop yeah. down to that emotion and pop back up, then that might be my cue of hold on a second. I want to bring you back down. You know, you you know that sounded like it was really frustrating, or you know, or it sounds you know it sounds like um, you know using those kinds of questions of um, it sounds like you're frustrated. Why? Tell me more about the frustration. Yeah. That can help them to then realize, unpack those emotions that could be holding this in place, too. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things we work with mediators on is when you're asking a question, is it for you and your curiosity or is it really in service of the other person in helping them learn what's important for them to understand, to move forward with their issues? That's a great one. Yeah. And, and that's a very subtle difference, but it's a really important one because otherwise you become the director of what you think they need, which is beginning to undo the value of of this voice work right away. So then I I would say that, yeah, we all do that. I mean, we all tend to, you know, tell me more because I can relate to this and blah, 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 blah. blah, And we ask questions fulfilling our own, you know, needs or whatever. So how do you catch yourself in that then? I mean, have you found any tips and tricks on how to use this model to catch? Okay. Am I asking a question for me or for them? I think w- where I end up is it feels like I'm in the zone. Uh, I am not worrying about what's the next question I need to ask, which is usually my analytic brain kicking in, mm. connected to my sense of ego, worrying about how am I doing in this conversation? Am I being seen as competent and capable? Capable. When I know I'm kind of there in service of them, I, I, my brain doesn't go there. And instead, these questions arise. I don't even know why. Or where they come mm-hmm. from. I think it is from this deeper place, though, because I'm picking up something that I think is useful for them. So I'll, I'll either ask the question or I'll just make an observation. And that'll be a prompt for them to go forward a little bit more uh, and, and discover what's in that room for them. That's that's great. I love that analogy. And I loved how you were describing that of because that was, you know, going back to then I keep thinking about my coaching training. That was one of the big things they kept telling us is physically and mentally to put yourself back over there with them. Yeah. You know, I would, okay, I would realize, good. oh my God, I'm in my own head. Okay, get back in their head, get back in. I just saw, I love the voice. I just love this voice analogy. It's like, oh, they just tapped on something down in that deep voice. But if I wasn't with them, I, I, I would interpret that totally differently. I would interpret it versus my own views. Yeah. Interesting. 
That is fabulous. Okay, so this was a wonderful model that, again, I hope you guys appreciate it as much as I did when I first heard this. I'm like, this is really creative. If You know, if you want to see some examples yeah. of people telling their stories in different voices, uh, uh, their authentic voice and at different levels, um, go to the website, expandingthenarrative.com. There's a wonderful story about a woman who uh, goes into prisons and creates sanctuary, very deep voice. It's a great example. Okay, excellent. So thank you so much. We are out of time. You have been listening to the Misha Rouser Show. I'm Misha, coaching you to success. And thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Doug. Thank you, Misha. It was really fun.